Hi, and welcome back to Date Night at the Coffee Shop. Thanks so much for you guys to, uh, you know, for, for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. Who are you? I'm Bart. Who are you? I think I'm Sam. Most days, anyways. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is Date Night at the Coffee Shop, the podcast where we try new coffees and talk about stuff, uh, usually whatever we want to talk about. They are very wide-ranging topics, um, so yeah, it's just really whatever we feel about talking about each week. Yeah, I think this is the first time we've actually recorded at night. Yeah, I think you're actually probably <laughs> right about that. Usually we actually will do this... On an um, afternoon, a weekend. On an after night, afternoon or Saturday morning sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, tonight we're actually recording at nighttime. It's kind of weird. I know, it's strange. Um, but, so we're, we're doing an episode today... Um, we've got a great coffee from Bones Coffee. I'm so excited. Um, this is, we've done a Bones Coffee before. Uh, we did an episode, I believe it was Maple Bacon. Was it that right? one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, on the Canada episode. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, and we figured we'd do another one today. This one is called Highland Grog. Um, I got a little bit of information about this one. Oh, before we get too deep, I definitely want to warn you guys. Um, we since some if some of you probably know, and if you've been listening, you know that we recently got a new dog, Zeus. So we're still transitioning. So we're all in the in the pod loft together. So you may hear some some dog tags, you know, tinkling around or whatever. So yeah, you might hear a little bit of barking. Or... Yeah, we're working on pack dynamics still. Yeah. So. All right, that's it. Sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to give them a warning. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, so again, our coffee today is Highland Grog by Bones Coffee. Uh, the description on this one uh, says, put, your, put on your kilt and break out the bagpipes for a truly exceptional cup of coffee. Spiced rum flavor with notes of butterscotch and caramel will have your inner Highlander gleaming with joy. Um, nice. So that sounds really good. Uh, before we taste it, I want to go ahead and just mention our topic today. So we've got this coffee from Bones Coffee, and in the spirit of that, our topic today is anthropology. Yes! Um, the history of anthropology, some of the different fields of study, as well as one of our favorite TV shows um, Bones. involving anthropology, exactly. Bones, um, a forensic anthropologist. Um, so with that, we'll focus our attention back on our Highland Grog from Bones Coffee. Let's go ahead and take a sip. Okay, let's do this. Let's do this. Now first, I, like you can really smell... I think it's butterscotch flavor, right? Yeah, butterscotch and caramel mm-hmm. and spice rum. And so it smells so good. Yeah, all right. Take a first sip. Mm, that's oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. That's real nice. Yeah. I, I really like Bones Coffee. Um... For it to be flavored, it's really good coffee. Yeah, that's usually... kind of what I'm, that's what I'm getting at, really. Because, like, I'm usually not a fan of flavored coffee, and that's usually because the coffee is not very good. Um, but with Bones Coffee, their coffee beans are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, the, the flavors they use always meld very well with the high quality beans that they use. It's so um, good. so if, if you if you're like me and are ever like, oh you know, th- those flavors, they sound really good, but I just can't drink the flavored coffee because it tastes like crap. Uh, definitely give Bones Coffee a try. I really encourage you to do that mm-hmm. because their coffee is great. Their flavors are fantastic. 
Um, and it's just a, a great experience all around every time I've had them. Absolutely. So what would you rate it? Uh, this one, I would rate this a, hang on, one more sip. Solid eight and a half. Okay. So this is the first time I've ever done this, but I'm going to give this coffee a 10. A 10? Yes. Wow. There is like nothing I would improve about it. It smells great. It tastes great. Like the flavor is good. The roast is good. Like it's a 10. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. I would have like, I wouldn't give it a 10, but I, I'd give it a nine. Yeah. Like um, this is good. This is a 10. It's, it, it is really good. I could drink um, this on just, a regular basis. Yeah, I, I couldn't drink it on a regular basis just because um, the, I, the smell, like the aroma, the butterscotch caramel, it is very strong. It smells really good. I just don't know that I could deal with it all the time. Mm-hmm. I feel like I Every think day would I would be like Christmas. sick of it. I love it. Speaking of Christmas and bagpipes, do you want a drone or bagpipes for Christmas if you had to choose? Mm, those both sound like great options. Think on it. Yeah. Think that's, on it. That's a tough decision. Because I did I mean, tell you you could get bagpipes. You know? Oh, yeah. I did. Now that we do have our own house, we don't have to worry about our neighbors. That's true. So. so figure mm, it out. Who knows? <laughs> you could channel your inner Scotsman. I could. I'm excited about this, <laughs> these possibilities. All right. So, again, we're talking about anthropology today. Let's move into this topic. Um, so, tell me. What... Okay. What What is anthropology? So I'm just going to go ahead and give you a forewarning. It gets real heavy at the start, but as we move through, it gets much better. Yeah. So. And I, I actually just kind of want to clear the air a little bit. I said, tell me about anthropology like I don't really have any, <laughs> like I don't really know anything about it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, spoiler alert, I actually did minor in anthropology in college. Yeah. So I have a little bit of experience. Yeah. But, you, so let's, let's talk about it. You're aware. Okay. This will be more like a conversation instead of like a lesson. Yeah. Okay. So anthropology, study of humanity, basically, in its most basic terms. In the most basic, yes. And I do want to go ahead and interject here. Oh, of um, course. Well, just, <laughs> just the deep. study of humanity, actually, it, I, I don't feel like it... it paints a detailed enough picture about what anthropology's purpose is. Right, right. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I figured. So my, my description of anthropology, the, the definition I've always had, um, was the study of peoples across time and places. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of des- describes how humanity has has moved how it has evolved, how humans have moved have yeah how humans have moved the migration patterns things like that different areas um and just kind of takes a, a a deep dive into the cultures um the physical attributes things like that of every person from or not every person but every peoples from every time and place yeah So I, it's incredibly fascinating and it's like such a broad topic. We'll get into the subcategories a little bit later, but, um, anthropology was actually born out of the new imperialism movement, like during the late 19th and early 20th century, which the new imperialism movement is basically a period of time that features an unprecedented pursuit of overseas territorial acquisitions. So like colonialism, you know, like, or, you know, colonization kind of thing. So it kind of, it, it, it was born from 
still trying to take over everything. Yeah, absolutely. Once, once they got into this new land, they just started studying, like, hey, what were these people about? Absolutely, for sure. So during this time, European explorers came into contact with diverse groups and societies in the Americas and in Asia. In the 20th century, um, anthropology became an increasingly specialized and professionalized um, science, like social science. Okay. So the, here's where it gets kind of dark. Before it became its own discipline, it was tied very closely to like biology, sociology, and particularly social theorists, and we'll get to it in a second, um, and even philosophy. So, so I see how all of those tie in together, except really, well, I actually can say philosophy, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so all of those really kind of describe at least one aspect of, yeah. of, of anthropology. So. For sure. So, um, like all early disciplines of science, there are for sure echoes of like white superiority and social Darwinism um, that, that are like super problematic in the early beginnings. So, for example, zoos were like laboratories where um, so-called like ethnological exhibitions or quote unquote Negro villages were. Um, so, like, quote, savages from the colonies were often dis were displayed often nude in cages in what's been called human zoos. Um, so, well, so were these, these people weren't, like, alive, were they? Yes. So they, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yes. So, I mean, basically, we, they just had, like, these captives of, yeah. of these tribes and yeah. stuff? Yeah, here's, here's an example. In 1906, crazy. a Congolese pygmy, Otta Benga, was put by anthropologist Madison Grant in a cage in the Bronx Zoo, and it was labeled the missing link between an orangutan and the white race. Mm. So, And Grant was a very well-known eugenicist at the time. Right. Um, so, like, a lot of these exhibitions were an attempt to illustrate and prove in the same movement the, the validity of scientific racism. Right. So they were trying to kind of prove that... that white people were the pinnacle of, of human evolution. And Correct. That was the top of, of all humanity had to offer. Absolutely. Yeah. Incredibly disgusting. Like I said, yeah. a lot of, like a lot of the science disciplines started out this way and have right. really problematic beginnings. Yeah. Um, I want to go back a little bit. Um, so you mentioned this guy, uh, Madison Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, no, this is a, is this a lady or a man? I'm not sure. Um, either way, that they were a renowned eugenicist. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about what, oh, what is eugenics. So eugenics is basically... Um, I'm better with examples and like allegories than I am like actual def definitions. But it's basically the purifying of a gene pool through like... Or quote unquote purifying through selective breeding and like... Mm -hmm. And things like that. So basically, it's like, oh, you're not good enough to have kids. So like they force well, things. That's kind of what it turns into. The actual. So th th that's that's kind of how practically it turns. And that's where out. beauty pageants came from, which is why I'm kind of sort of against beauty pageants. Um, but whatever. But <laughs> technically, eugenics is the study of how to arrange reproduction with a human population to increase the occurrence of heritable characteristics regarded as desirable. That's so, problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, at its base, it's kind of it's what you do in dogs. It's what it's, you it's what you do in dogs. It is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, when when applied to human population, yeah, it, it's it's kind of sick. Yeah. Um, it's what Hitler was doing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and Darwin was actually a, like, he 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 kind of had his hand in a little bit of like eugenics. 
But um, yes, thank you for thanking her for looking into that and clarifying that. Um, if you've ever heard like the phrase that race is a social construct, this is actually where that comes from. Um, because scientific racism is based in the er, in er, the early anthropological study of people groups where scientists actually created categories of people based on physical characteristics such as skin color, eye color, and uh, craniology. My notes don't say mine. I have a typo in my notes, but craniology. Um, yeah. So there was a there's a. What is what is that? Just the shape of their head? Yeah, shape of shape of your head. How like if you have this shaped head, then like you have this characteristic kind of thing. It's oh, okay. kind of it's a pseudoscience. Um, there was tension between those that believed in um, hierarchy and innate superiority, and others who believed in human equality. The former continued to exacerbate the belief that certain races were innately inferior by examining their shortcomings namely by examining and testing intelligence between groups. On the other hand, many scientists understood race, like I said, as a social construct. They believed that the phenotypical expression of an individual was determined by one's genes, or that were determined by one's genes, are inherited through reproduction. And now, this, is, this was so fascinating. So now we know um, that there's something called epigenetics, which basically means that there are certain environmental triggers that shape our DNA and essentially switch genes on and off. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, for example, like, it, it, it's uh, it's talked about a lot, like, in pregnancy. So, like, what what a mother goes through, like, directly affects the child that's in her womb. Right. right? And, like, especially with nutrition, that's, like, a really solid thing. Like, what you eat in pregnancy affects your child. That's why there's so many, like... Things like that. So that's what these anthropologists, like, they didn't have epigenetics necessarily back then, but that's what these anthropologists who were like, no, like, we're all we're all equal. It's just, like, our environments and our socialization and, like, reproduction. Like, all of these things are, like, inherited through different, different ways. Right. Um, and these scientists also knew that culture, environment, and language were primary in shaping behavior. So, like, there was a, a sect of people who was like, we're better, and then other people were like, actually, it's more complex than that. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so here's like a key part of where anthropology is today. So some, some advocated that race, uh, race should center not on what race explains about society, but rather on the questions of who, why, and with what effect social significance is attached to racial, racial attributes that are constructed in particular political and socioeconomic contexts. Mm-hmm. So basically these people were like very high level thinkers and they were not, they were not about like grouping people into like inferior and superior. They were definitely more about like, Hey, we're placing these identifiers on these people. How does that affect the population and the culture and all that kind of stuff? Right. So it was really interesting. Yeah. Um, That is an interesting way to look at it and and to think about the the effect that, that decisions have on, Mm-hmm. on certain types of people which is really interesting because that's more sociological so like mm-hmm. these like i found that super interesting so and i'm sure that these like these anthropologists who were more forward thinking were in fact very very forward thinking for the time oh yeah for sure you know um so this yeah is what 1800s yeah like 19th 20th century kind of thing so um, so that kind of explains like some of the dark history and some of the more problematic roots of anthropology. Luckily, things have gotten much better, and there are now many more ethical considerations when studying humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where I wanted to talk um, about ethics and cultural relativism. 
this is probably something you heard about in some of your classes. Um, a part of, as a part of their quest for scientific objectivity, present-day anthropologists typically urge a concept called cultural relativism, which has an influence on all the subfields of anthropology. So cultural relativism is the idea that cultures should not be judged by another's values or viewpoints, but be examined dispassionately on their own terms. There should be no notions of one culture being better or worse than another. So cultural relativism really did shape anthropology and it's right. kind of has created what it like it turned it into like what it is today right exactly so yeah. it's, it's trying to look at it and, and you use the word dispassionately here i, I think that might have been from the article that, that it came from uh but I, I i think a more relative term might be objectionate or objective objective yeah um, for sure very objectively instead of like placing your own values on a culture and right yeah. kind of look at it for, for what it is and how yeah how it became its own thing and yeah. Things like that. So that's like kind of the, the history and like where we are now is more like this. It's more observing. Right. Right. Objective observing and stuff like that. Um, so are you ready to hear about categories? Yeah. Let's talk about them. <laughs> I'm super So excited. there are four main types mm-hmm. of uh, archaeology fields of study. Um, Anthropology. That you, was that? Yeah. You said archaeology. Oh, I was reading the notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so let's, let's go through them, the, the four main categories of anthropology. The first one, like you mentioned, is archaeology. The next one is sociocultural anthropology. The next one is biological anthropology. And the last one is linguistic. Okay, and I want to go ahead to some of these terms. Um, I'm not familiar with, with the terms being used this way. I'm used to archaeology. You've got sociocultural. Usually it's just referred to as cultural anthropology. I have that in my notes too, yeah. And then biological typically is referred to as physical uh, physical anthropology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, like when we were in school, it was archaeology, cultural, physical. And then, like, I didn't know, like, linguistics. Like, I knew linguistics was a thing, but I didn't know it was a field of of anthropology. So Yeah, it's, it's not as commonly studied. Yeah, like we went to a small school too, so yeah, yeah. but I I didn't realize that it was a, a field of anthropology, so I thought that was super interesting. Um, so each of these disciplines have their own set of theoretical frameworks in which they examine humanity, so we'll get to that in a second. So, archaeology. What is it? It is the study of humanity through their material remains, so their stuff, basically. Right. What they leave behind. Um, artifacts and like altered landscapes are evidence of the cultural and material lives of past societies. Archaeologists examine material remains in order to deduce patterns of human behavior and cultural practices. Ethno-archaeology is a type of archaeology that studies the practices and material remains of living human groups in order to gain a better understanding of the evidence left behind by past human groups who are presumed to have lived in similar ways. Hmm. I thought that was super fascinating. Right. So it's a way to try to understand how past cultures live by actually watching similar cultures mm-hmm. today, today live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting take on it. Absolutely. Okay, so I asked for your help with this, and you can you can help me explain this a little bit better. Um, so there is, like, a huge list of sub-disciplines, um, but they fall into these, like, categories right here. They fall into, like, either by civilization, so, like, Egyptology, 
or like what you studied, like Native American, yeah. indigenous people. North American, Mesoamerican. Yeah. Um, by historicity and then by specific time period. So specific time period is more specific. Right, yeah. It, it is a lot more kind of localized. Um, so things like 19th century, um, you know, the 5th century AD, whatever. You yeah, know, yeah, Things yeah. like that, like very specific <clears throat> points of time. Whereas historicity is really kind of the study of, of more of like a broad um, era, such as like Jurassic era, okay. um, Paleolithic era, okay. things like that. That makes sense. Um, yeah, I had trouble like wrapping my brain around that. That was really helpful whenever we, we talked about that. Um, so we don't have to go through all of these, um, these sub sub disciplines and like, these are kind of like, yeah, there's a lot here. They're not necessarily areas of study in their own right. They're like, they can like be methods to like, methods. it's just like a small branch. Yeah. So like aerial archeology, span it's studying sites from air photos and like identifying like crop marks. Right, so that's really more of like, like you said, a method, a method. or yeah, um, yeah, method they use in archaeology. Yeah, uh, and let's see. Let me look at another one. Um, uh, okay, so we we actually talked about this. Um, the archaeo astronomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the relationship uh, between configuration of ancient monuments and astronomy. I'm I'm sure this one, and I didn't really study this one very much, but I, I am sure that this is a very interesting topic. Yeah, yeah. Because many, many cultures have all sorts of of uh, monuments and, and things that relate to the to the astronomy, the mm-hmm. position of the sun, things like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I thought this was super interesting because we, we've talked about, I don't know if we, we mentioned... I don't remember. I think it was in our space episode where we've talked about like Stonehenge and we talked about like the different monuments to like things like that. And I think this would be the archaeo like yeah, it would be yeah classified under archaeo astronomy. Yeah. Um, with Stonehenge being because it's it's positioned in such a way that certain times like solstices and things like that, the sun comes through it at just the right places. Yeah. Like that. Um, let me look at another one. Um, this one is funny. I don't know if I can pronounce this one. Calciology, cal, calciology. It's the study of archaeological footwear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was so cool. Um, let's see. Paleo, paleo ethnobotany is the study of human plant interaction in archaeological record. Hmm. So I thought that was super cool too. Um, you got forensic archaeology here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, the yeah. application of archaeological techniques to criminal investigations uh, become particularly prominent in the investigation of mass killings associated with war crimes, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of leads us to what we mentioned earlier um, of our favorite show, or one of our favorite shows, Bones, um, which features a forensic anthropologist who teams up with the FBI to serve. So, uh, a lot of murders. Yeah. Uh, it's a great show. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually going through it again on Hulu. It's so good. I yeah. love it. It's like my... I, you know what? We have a coffee cup for like everything else. We need a coffee... We need a Bones coffee cup. Yeah. Yeah. We collect coffee cups. So if you wanted to send us a coffee cup, that would be great, guys. Yeah. Um, right. Moving on. <laughs> send, send us presents. I love presents. Okay. Um, so the next subgroup of... Um, Anthropology is sociocultural. So, sociocultural anthropology draws together the principles um, 
of cultural anthropology and social anthropology. So, like, it's... So, social anthropology is a little bit newer, you know? Okay. Um, so, cultural anthropology... I, mm, I... Okay. So, I mean, unless they've made some, some changes in the discipline lately... I just feel like social anthropology probably is just kind of more like a subsect of cultural anthropology. Maybe, maybe. Um, cultural anthropology is the comparative study of the many ways in which people make sense of the world around them, while social anthropology is the study of the relationships among the individual and groups. So, cultural is like studying the actual culture. Social is like basically studying historical interactions and relationships. Does that make sense? So, like, social anthropology would probably be, like, the study of, like, familial relationships. How, like, families used to be, like, built and determined and things like that. Like, how, and, like, we'll get to, like, um, different, like, subcategories. But, right. yeah. Um, so, cultural anthropology, like I said, it's more related to philosophy, literature, and the arts. So, how one's culture affects the experience for self and group. Um, contributing to a more complete understanding of the people's knowledge, customs, etc. While social anthropology is more related to sociology and history, um, in that it helps develop an understanding of social structures, typically of others and other populations. Um, and like, there's no, there, it's like everything I read said there's like no, like this is where the line is. Right. So, like you said, it, it's it's probably is more like of a subsect, but. Um, so cultural anthropology, like I said, uh, study of how people develop and use culture as a tool. Um, and then they use method. So this is interesting. This is, we talked about this too, slightly. Um, so they use methods such as participant observation, ethnography, and cross-cultural comparison. They also use multi-sided ethnography. This I found incredibly fascinating. So an ethnography is a piece of writing or study about a person at a particular place in time. So it's just one. Right. A multi-sided, and that's S-I-T-E-D, ethnography um, may follow a thing such as a particular commodity as it's transported through the networks of global capitalism. Or it may also follow ethnic groups in diaspora, so like as they spread, um, stories or rumors that appear in multiple locations and multiple time periods, metaphors that appear in multiple ethnographic locations, or the biographies of individual peoples or groups as they move through space and time. Right. So basically... I th um, that is fascinating. Right. I love that. Yeah, so this multi-sided ethno uh, yeah, ethnography, um, basically it, it just finds a, a common aspect... Mm -hmm. um, that different cultures from everywhere around the world in different time periods, things like that, a common aspect that they had, whether mm -hmm. it be wine, train, <laughs> you know, a trade commodity, or whether it be a, um, a narrative, you know, a religious, you know, narrative, uh, certain Fun fact. origin myth, things like that. Fun fact: every culture has a flood narrative. Yep. They also, and every culture also has some version of a dragon narrative. Yep. Which is why I think both of those things must have actually existed at one point. Yep. Um, Makes also, sense. That tracks. Yeah. That tracks, dude. And werewolves. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You heard it here first, people. Yep. Werewolves, dragons, and... Floods. And world floods. Yep. They were, they were real. It happened. Watch out. Yep. You are getting the hard-hitting truth right now. Yep. This is the things they don't want you to know. Yep. And you will, you will never convince us otherwise. So there's that. Um, you ready to hear some subcategories? 
Yeah. Okay, this is this is exciting. So these are really deep. Um, okay, so there's art, which is media, music, dance, and film. Right. Self-explanatory. Um, economic, political, and then like applied and developmental. Um, so that's pretty self-explanatory too. Like Yeah, the study of different economies and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. There's kinship, feminism, and gender and sexuality. So this one's pretty explanatory. So like it's like the history of like the pattern of relationships and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, medical, the next one is medical, nutritional, psychological, cognitive, and transpersonal. So this one I found super interesting because a thought came to me, um, about like medical and it was historical epidemiology. Mm -hmm. Um, like it's basically how we've historically handled plagues and pandemics. Like, wouldn't that be cool to study? Like, I don't know if that's part of this or not. It may just be a subsect of epidemiology, but isn't that interesting? That would be really cool. It is interesting. And, um you know, culturally relevant for our yeah. current predicament. <laughs> yeah. So, I th- yeah, I th- that thought came to me whenever I read the medical. I was like, that's so cool. But um, the transpersonal piqued my interest here, too, because I wasn't sure what they meant, but it's apparently about studying the relationship between altered states of consciousness and culture, ayahuasca and LSD. Anyone? Yep, for sure. I'm like, that's so fascinating to me. Yeah. Like, transpersonal, like, how... Oh, my gosh. I, that's so cool. I couldn't imagine studying that. Like, can I go to Peru and study awesome. ayahuasca, please? It'd be pretty sweet. Oh, no. But I have heard that ayahuasca... That's been, like, like in the in current events lately. But, like, I have heard that it's it's quite horrible to experience. Yeah. So, like, that you... I'd be interested in seeing, in seeing these studies, though. Yeah. Um, okay, so the next subcategory is political and legal. Um, self-explanatory absolutely um sometimes they talk about like how we social order so how we keep keep the peace here right um other times it's like studying human rights and things like that um this one you'll find fun okay sorry working on some pack stuff like i said earlier so this one next one you'll find fun nature science and technology cyborg anthropology studies humankind and its relations with the technological systems it has built specifically modern technological systems that have reflexively shaped notions of what it means to be human beings interesting so this is kind of the, the study of how our technological advancements have affected our mm-hmm. humanity. Yeah, how cool is that? And the fact that it's called cyborg anthropology. Yeah, really, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, really is um, awesome. I'm really interested in, in that aspect. Yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to see what, what papers have been written on that. Google Scholar, here I come. Um, historical anthropology is actually, they look at how history was made or created, or they look at um, the history of a particular ethnic group. Um, religion, self-explanatory. Urban anthropology um, is concerned with issues of urbanization, poverty, and neoliberal neoliberalism, which is basically free market capitalism and economic stuff. Um, and I have a coworker who introduced me to the topic of the anthropology of death and dying. So that's pretty cool too. Like, like yeah. people who are becoming like death doulas and like the transition between like. Yeah, I've seen some stuff about that lately, like these death consultants, mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Um, interesting for sure absolutely so that is um that's sociocultural those are the subgroups um next on to our third branch yeah biological or physical as you have known it and i 
I'm trying to peep to see if I can see your... Yeah, I do have a physical... Yep, I see it right there. Down there on the bottom shelf of our bookshelf. Yep. (laughs) Physical anthropology books. Zeus. Zeus. Stop. Sorry, guys. Um, So, biological anthropology and physical anthropology are synonymous terms to describe anthropological research focused on the study of humans and non-human primates in their biological, evolutionary, and demographic dimensions. It examines the biological and social factors that have affected the evolution of humans and other primates and that generate, maintain, or change contemporary genetic and physiological variation. So in more simple terms, it's the study of human environmental adaptation. Right. Yeah. Okay, so that that I found fascinating because, like, we're adapting to our environment all the time. Like, this COVID thing has us all adapted to our environment. You yeah, know? absolutely. So, like, we've all adapted our be- or like, you know, adapted our behaviors. Whether it's like we're washing our hands more or we're like, you know, whatever, wearing masks. Yeah, know? and I, I definitely think like we, I think we I have changed for good. There, there are many things that that many changes that have happened mm-hmm. that will forever be changed. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, so there are a few subcategories there here. Um. Let's see. Bioarchaeology is the study of past human cultures um, through, and it's very, it's basically studying bio, the biology of what we dig up. The, um, is it fauna? That's like people and like animals and stuff like that? Fauna is animals, yeah. Okay, so that's like studying like the biology of like ancient humans. Yeah. Um, so evolutionary biology, which that that's pretty self-explanatory too um evolutionary psychology which is the study of psychological structures from a modern evolutionary perspective so it seeks to identify which human psychological traits are evolved adaptations um like so like the products of like natural selection or like sexual selection and things like that so like how what what psychology what psychologically is the same in us as was the same in our ancestors interesting so which i feel like that would have roots in some cultural anthropology too you know, because yeah. you have to study some like cultural stuff in order to get some, you know. It, it would. Uh, I, th- I think the main difference here is kind of relating like how cultural anthropology kind of focuses more on like a specific point usually. So it'll be like that's true. We're studying like I'm studying this tribe or this region. Whereas the difference between that and evolutionary psychology would be like I'm studying how the psychology has progressed. Yeah. Over okay. time. Makes sense. And then you've mentioned this a little bit before, but forensic anthropology, instead of just like archaeology, forensic anthropology works on like more current things. Right. So it's definitely it's the application of science of physical anthropology and human osteology in a legal setting. So, um, and it's usually used in criminal cases where the victim's remains are in an advanced stage of decomposition. So, Bones, I love it. Yeah, if any of you guys have seen the show Bones, you know what we're talking about. It's, it's so great. gross. It is. It's, it's, it's so there's gross. There's some, some really gory stuff on there, but man, it is awesome. It's so um, good, And though. this, it, it makes me think this topic, the forensic anthropology, you mentioned the, the advanced stages of decomposition. Um, it makes me think of the body farm. Yes, <gasps> I want to um, go so I think bad. One in Tennessee. Not you so. can't just go. Can I think you, you have to go like as a school trip. They yeah, won't let. Like, they won't let sociopaths like me. Some sort of organization in. to oh. go. 
Oh, but I want to go so bad. That also reminds me, I think it's the, some, I learned about this at group the other day. Um, the Mütter, Mütter, Mütter Museum, Mütter Museum, where basically it's like hum, humans, like bodies. Mm -hmm. And like you see like their, um, like body parts. You get to see body parts and like. It shows like nervous system. It shows like brains and like all this oh, kind I've of heard stuff. Of some stuff. Yes. I, didn't know, I didn't know there was a whole museum about yes. it. Yeah. There are several. I've How heard of cool some, is some that? Exhibits like that. That's what this kind of reminds me of. But yeah. I do want to go. I would love to go to the body farm. It'd be sweet. Oh, it'd be so awesome. All right, moving on. Okay. Yeah. Um, so soon. Ooh. All right, Bella. Um, so human behavioral uh, ecology is the study of behavioral adaptations such as foraging or reproduction from the evolutionary and ecological perspective. So it focuses on human adaptive responses to environmental stressors. And we're back. Sorry, I uh, had a quick break for uh, dealing with the dogs. Yeah. Right. Um, anyways, moving on. Yeah, uh, human biology is, I didn't, like we talked about this a, sec, um, a little bit ago too, about how human biology is a form of anthropology because we study the history right of it as well yeah absolutely um okay so this one is super like i got a bone to pick with it so <laughs> pa <laughs> paleo oh i didn't even realize i did that that's funny <laughs> i am funny i'm hilarious you're accidentally funny uh and that matters why i'm hilarious <laughs> anyways so paleoanthropology is the study of fossil evidence for human evolution, mainly using remains from extinct hominin and other primate species to determine the morphological and behavioral changes in human lineage, as well as the environment in which human evolution occurred. Okay. Paleontologists are not anthropologists, even though they are archaeologists. Because humans and dinosaurs did not exist together. That doctor dude from Jurassic Park is the only ever existing anthropological paleontologist. Correct? Um, in a sense, because he got to study their relationships. Is that, what you, is that where you're getting at? Yeah. You got to study okay. them. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. See? I'm funny. Um... It, in a way, they are just because it's like paleo, paleontologists or archaeologists. Um, but if you only study dinosaurs, yeah, you're not. You're not really an anthropologist, um, but they do use archaeological techniques. Really, more is is kind of more the yeah. Um, you know the and we're gonna have like a paleo like a paleontologist yeah. that like studies paleo people and like they're gonna give us hate mail but yeah so i do want to go back to that though this paleo anthropology um so that's not the same thing as a paleontologist though too correct so we need to call that out because paleo um paleontologists entologists uh they just study the dinosaurs but paleoanthropology studies like ancient humans yeah also, you don't need to go on paleo, people. We don't really know what they ate. Um, it's fine. It's totally fine. No. Uh, paleopathology is the study of diseases of antiquity. That's interesting. I know. I love that. Um, it seems like a difficult field of study, too, though. For sure. Like, because, I mean, you could, like, open up a fossil or something and just, like, open up, like, the next plague. 
Yeah, I just always think it. I, I think of it like um, like a, an Egyptian plague, like right? from the mummy or something right? like that. Well, like King Tut, like mold, mold killed it. Like that's you know, yeah, like it's like a you know. A, it's like great, you opened up this thing, and now an you've like released curse. a curse. Yeah, for sure. This is cursed. <laughs> that is cursed. <laughs> that movie's good. <laughs> um, Primatology. Yeah, study of non-human primate behavior and genetics. So they study, like, they use, like, they use um, phylogenetic methods to infer which traits humans share with other primates. Right. And which are human-specific. Um, anthrozoology is the study of interaction between living things. So, like, why we love our pets. Yeah. I love that one. Okay. Um, next branch is linguistics. Yeah, and this one is notably shorter than the rest of them. It doesn't have as many variables to it really mm -hmm, for sure um so linguistic anthropology seeks to understand the processes of human communications verbal and nonverbal, um variation in languages across time and space the social use of language and the relationship between language and culture it's the branch of anthropology that brings linguistic methods um to bear on like anthropo anthropological problems linking the analysis of linguistic forms and processes um, to the interpretation of sociocultural processes. So linguistic anthropologists often draw on related fields such as like sociolinguistics, pragmatics, cognitive linguistics, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, like basically communication. Yeah. You know? Yeah, the study of how humans have um, communicated amongst themselves. And each other. Throughout time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so the subcategories of that are identity and intersubjectivity, which I found this super fascinating. Um, so this investigates the questions of social sociocultural identity linguistically. So in certain cultures where there are differing groups, if you speak a certain way, then you identify with a certain ethnic group. So like right. they studied... so this would be similar to like different dialects or mm -hmm. slang of different different areas, such as southern drawl. Mm -hmm. um, Whatever that weird Boston accent is called. <laughs> and then, like, Minnesotan. Yeah. Yeah. It's really just Canada light. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. The socialization is another subcategory. The process by which infants, children, and foreigners become members of a community learning to participate in its culture using linguistics. So, for example, my parents aren't from the South. So, like, I was raised in, like, a, a quote-unquote Yankee household, and I became Southern because, like, I spent time here and started using, like, the, the same euphemisms and, like, same, like, linguistic stuff like that, that right. kind of stuff. Um, so, ideologies. So, this talks about why we think the way we do about certain dialects. For example, why we code switch, which is basically the practice of alternating linguistic uh, varieties within a conversation. So, like, code switching for Southerners would be, like, trying very hard to mask your Southern accent. Yeah, and so and code switching has become very prevalent today because it's... It's a it's a very common thing that a lot of um, African American people have to deal with, especially mm -hmm. like in the workplace, things like that. They'll For do sure. code switching to um, kind of seem more professional, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, but it it actually it goes a lot a lot farther than that. Though. It does. A, it talks a lot of aspects of culture uh, do code switching, just like like with me. Um, a lot of it's involuntary. 
Uh, but you know, I'll be talking to people here and I don't know, people, maybe people here still think uh, that I have a pretty, <laughs> I mean, I'm, we're, we're still in Tennessee anyway. So a lot of people around here have, you know, a pretty Southern, uh, pretty he- thick Southern drawl. Uh, but when I get around my parents, especially my dad talking with him, it, it oh, really, 100%. it really comes out. hundred um, percent. Comes out when you're a little bit flustered too. Well, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> um, so yeah, and it like it talks about why we think the way we do about those different types of dialects and like code switching and like so it, it actually is more high level. Right. This part of it, the the ideologies of linguistics. So I thought that was really interesting. So like a lot of people historically have thought that people from the South are less educated because of the way they talk, because we smush all we smush all our words together. Yeah. You know, there's not, there's not a lot of space in there. Um, but yeah, so the next one is social space. So this is the study of language as a social capital. So if you speak this way, then you belong in this particular social strata. So it's similar to the identity one. Hmm. Yeah. But it's kind of like, like backwards, like going the other way. Mm -hmm. So instead of like, you talk this way because you're from here, Mm -hmm. it's more like you should be from here because you speak this way. Correct. Mm Mm-hmm. And not necessarily even just, like, from here, but you should, like, have these, this... um, You should be part of this group. Right. Because you talk this way. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Another one is, like, race, class, and gender, which is, which I thought it was kind of interesting because it it talks about how we talk about race, class, and gender, but it also talks about how, like, there are different words that are used and different phrases that are used in these different categories and, like, why that's important. And then the last subcategory is endangered languages. So that one sounds interesting. I know, right? That's like the study of dead languages, things yeah. like that. Yeah. That's cool. So I have a question for you after going through all of that. Um, which area would you study? Um oof. even if it were just like one of the four branches, which one would you do? Like if I just had to pick one? Mm-hmm. Mm. If I'm picking just one, it's probably going to be archaeology. Really? Um, yeah. That is, that's surprising to me. Well, and the reason why is because it is, I feel like archaeology as a whole is a little bit broader um, in the mm. sense that it, it kind of melds aspects of physical and cultural anthropology oh, that's together. True. Um, so because with you know with the archaeology, um, you're studying like the remains of, of cultures you're studying mm-hmm. like and you're trying to figure out like how they lived, what they mm-hmm. did, how they interacted mm-hmm. with each other, mm-hmm. things like that. Oh, that's good. Um, as well as actually just the physical human remains and seeing like the physical characteristics and changes, things like that. That's true. And if you came across like if you were studying and digging in a place that had written language, like, you would probably come across, like, written documents, and it would be linguistic as well. Because yeah. you would, like, study their language. Right. And also because Indiana Jones. <laughs> okay. Good point. Good good point. That's, that's good. Um, so what about you? Oh, man. So, 
I honestly think that I would be sociocultural. I was about to say, let's just go ahead and call it out. You're, you would be sociocultural. Yeah. Um, or cultural. Yeah. Like, that's that's pretty much my background anyways. Right. A sociology major. Yeah. And I did, like, and I've done, like, studies on, like, in that major, we've I've studied multiple different, like, aspects. So, yeah. It would be sociocultural for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just don't know, like, if there's a subsect of, like, sociocultural, like, what what I would do but well I think the point here most of these are not really like you don't stay in one of these oh yeah like they all intertwine a yeah. lot of these are just like different aspects of what you would do as a cultural anthropologist that's true so yeah so that's what I have on anthropology did I do a good job you did a great job yeah that was that was definitely interesting some some cool points here um, some interesting facts oh shoot what I think I want to do Egyptology. I want to change my answer. Answer. See, I don't know. Can I pick two? No, this was your question. I mean, I don't know. You, I do you, love you Egyptology. You called it one. I know. I do love Egyptology. That's kind of like you a hobby. Do, but do you love it enough to do it for your whole life? It's hot, and there's a lot of sand there. There's a lot of sand. And, and there is one thing I have in common with Anakin Skywalker. I hate sand. <laughs> That's funny. And there is the the offside chance that you could get cursed. So true. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Egyptology, that, that there kind of adds to the the you know. I follow the danger. I follow a lot of famous Egyptologists on Instagram, by the way, and they found a mummified um, gator or like croc. Yeah, oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it's so cool. It's huge. Anyways, Ooh. side note. Are they relating it somehow to the worship of Sobek? Yes. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I thought that was so cool. Interesting. I know, right? That's awesome. Anyways, sorry. So, yeah, that's so that's what we have on anthropology. I hope you guys were um, as fascinated by it as we were. Um, most of you probably not. I'm sure we probably bored a lot of you guys. So no. sorry for that. It's a pretty dense topic unless Send you actually like it. Send us your recommendations for scholarly articles on anthropology and books and all of that stuff. Please do. Yeah. And, and textbooks. And Shoot. tell us what your um, what your field of anthropology would be if you were to pick one of the four main branches. Yes. Um, we'd like to hear from you guys. So uh, you can always email us at datenightcoffeeshop at gmail.com. You can find us on the gram uh, at date night at the coffee shop um, and then also uh, just you know like share subscribe whatever you want to do um, give us a rating there hopefully five stars if you like us um, if you if, don't come back not, next week just give us five stars anyways because that'd be cool yeah we'd appreciate it yeah. Uh, but yeah we're, again we're, we're so thankful you guys are, are continuing to follow us um, hopefully we'll be doing this for a while uh, so it's been a lot of fun, and again, happy date night. Happy date night. So thanks for joining us, guys. Have a great one. Until next time.